Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, well, partially solo. I'm joined here in my parents' basement by my boy, uh, Tucker. Tucker, say what's up. Uh, okay, he's a little crabby. Uh, my attention's a little divided, obviously, with this recording, but uh, Tucker and I have a bit of an up and down week to cover for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Naturally, we're sort of feeling the losses of Drew uh, Brooke, and let's not forget uh, did let's not forget Dante uh, in this mess. But we do we do get uh, Bobby Portis back uh, midway through the week, so that was definitely a treat. In fact, we were uh, teased a bit. Bobby Portis was initially off of the injury report for our first game of this past week against the Pacers, but he did not uh, appear in that game. But the sole win of the week, actually, was the first game against the Pacers. Uh, no uh, Drew or Brooke or Bobby, no problem in that one. The Buck starters were George Hill, Grayson Allen, uh, Chris Middleton, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, and his brother, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. No slouch there. Uh, the Pacers had... Well, naturally, the Pacers are quite often battling injuries of their own, but uh, starting at point guard was a familiar uh, face in Malcolm Brogdon. Their standout rookie, Chris Duarte, uh, brother of Drew, Justin Holiday, and then their twin towers of uh, Dematis Sabonis, uh, the Lithuanian, of course, and Miles Turner. Uh, Turner actually was whistled for uh, two fouls early. Uh, yeah, in the first three minutes, Turner was whistled for two fouls. So that allowed for Pat to come in and for uh, the Bucks to lean in with their uber small ball with their five best uh, active players on the court. And, of course, that also allowed for Giannis to uh, do what he does and attack the rim with uh, reckless abandon. And a uh, Chris Middleton four-point play uh, edged the Bucks over the Pacers after one, 34-30. to 30. Uh, And Giannis led it in scoring after the first quarter with 11 points and two rebounds. The Bucks also went on a 10-0 run from the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter. Uh, and uh, kind of a surprising highlight was Justin Robinson, uh, drawing a charge and then grabbing two steals all within a minute's time. Uh, Somewhat of a head-scratcher, but a welcome one at that. Uh, And ever since that four-point play going back to the end of the first quarter, Chris Middleton uh, continued shooting hot all throughout the second. Uh, uh, However, on the defensive end of the court, uh, things were not going great and missing uh, two of our front court uh, players in Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, of course, as uh, Sabonis was just burying 
uh, Mamu all throughout the game. In a previous episode, I'd share uh, shared somewhat of my skepticism uh, in terms of uh, what Mamu's reported size was in the league, but uh, but hey, he's a first year guy, so he's still uh, he's still allowed to be working on his physique. Uh, at halftime, the Bucks led 66 to 57. Uh, Chris, the uh, leading scorer between both teams with 20 points, three rebounds, and four assists, to Malcolm Brogdon's 14 points, uh, two rebounds, and uh, five assists. Uh, of note is that we saw a little bit of Brogdon guarding Giannis, which. Uh, Others have mentioned that's a look that we've seen before. Uh, Giannis can uh, sometimes be bothered by uh, smaller guys with quick hands and uh, low center of gravity like Brogdon because uh, really it's quite hard to find anybody with a, with a size to match up with uh, Giannis, so I somewhat get the logic there of just... Uh, putting someone against him that will uh, negate him putting the ball on the floor as much as possible in Brogdon. <laughs> I wrote down here a couple times in my notes that I happened to uh, lose uh, the game at points during this one due to a stream, and that's what I get for being cheap, but I don't uh, plan on straying from that uh, one bit. Uh, however, a highlight in the early third quarter was actually a uh, the standout rookie I had mentioned, uh, Chris Duarte, Chris Duarte, crossing up Giannis, and then uh, knocking down a step back over him. Uh, I know in uh, these first uh, handful of games, uh, Duarte did uh, score in the mid twenties at least once, and he's been noted a lot in some of the national podcasts that I listen to. Uh, nevertheless. Uh, not what I was expecting uh, from someone being guarded by Giannis, but uh, on the other end of the court, uh, Nawara did get a big swat on uh, Sabonis, and Mamu was able to get a defender in the air after a pump pump fake and uh, and finish at the basket. So that's what we uh, love to see from our uh, summer league squad. The Pacers shooters, uh, especially uh, uh, Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb, I thought were uh, contributing a lot and keeping it in shouting distance for the Pacers. But after the third quarter, the Bucks led 101-86. to Giannis really went off in that uh, third quarter, as we've seen many times, uh, tallying 29 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists through three quarters. And then Brogdon... Still leading the charge for the Pacers, uh, 18 points, two rebounds, and six assists. Uh, early in the fourth, Noara had another huge block, but this time on uh, Goga Batadze. Uh, and the Pacers then went on a 9-0 run early in the fourth uh, quarter. And as luck would have it, I, uh, I then lost my stream. Uh, at possibly the worst time uh, after that uh, Pacers run to uh, who knows uh, 
how disastrously I may have been thinking at that time. Uh, when I did get it back to, I did see uh, Chris and Giannis operating in a pick and roll and then failing tremendously as Chris just uh, threw the ball away when uh, Giannis wasn't ready for it. But the Bucks still prevailed here against a team with, uh, in all honesty, no true star, at least, uh, you know, at the caliber of uh, today's league. As much as I hesitate to slander my Lithuanian brother in Domantas Sabonis, uh, I know a lot of people have talked about some weak uh, Eastern all Eastern Conference All Star appearances, uh, and his name gets thrown into the ring there along with uh, Nikola Vucevic, uh, all the D'Angelo Russell haters from way back when, and it's interesting too when I. Um, think about Duarte. I remember there were a couple teams such as the Grizzlies and the Spurs, mainly focusing on the Spurs in this respect. Uh, of course, uh, I'll bite my tongue on any negativity towards the Spurs for this uh, week. A little bit of foreshadowing. Anyhow, uh, Spurs and the Pacers, both teams that many would say lack a real blue chip prospect and I know many defended many defended some high uh, upside swings from the from the Spurs and Josh Primo who's who was certainly one of the youngest guys in this past draft uh, he uh, I know that he has a ways to go before he reaches uh, 20 years old and then the Grizzlies, although they look to have a star in uh, John Morant. Anyhow, uh, I know I know the uh, overreacting uh, national media has talked a lot about whether or not they would they would take John Morant over Zion Williamson in a redraft. Much of that has to do with naturally. Uh, Zion Williamson not being on the court. Also, uh, the idea that he maybe is all the way up to 300 pounds. He visibly looks to have gained weight over the offseason while battling an injury. And meanwhile, I think I heard today on on the Athletic NBA show that uh, John Morant is tied with Steph Curry for uh, the league's leading scorer with 30 points per game. So... I get the argument, um, and I think it was Mark Jackson, too, who also um, really stands John Morant over uh, Zion Williamson, talking a lot about how important the the point guard position is. But then I also go back to a point that I remember uh, the Athletics, or no, excuse me, not the Athletics, the Ringers, uh, Jonathan Sharks, uh, pointing out the fact that uh, that wings or uh, skilled big men like Anthony Davis, uh, Giannis, even if you want to include like Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, who are definitely more skilled than a big man, have really, uh, of course, defined uh, the postseason. So.
I don't know. I guess I would just temper uh, the idea of point guards being so much more uh, valuable than uh, than wings or forwards. And uh, yeah, I also think it's too early to uh, you know lose lose hope on a guy like Zion Williamson. Anyways, uh, where do we get back on track here? Well, that was the conclusion of my game notes as the Bucks won 119-109. to Giannis leading all scores with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists. An assist away from a triple-double. And uh, Malcolm Brogdon, the leader for the Indiana Pacers with 25 points, 4 rebounds, and 7 assists. Uh, a few stats that I thought really uh, stood out here in the Bucks victory uh, were... The Bucks leading the way in steals uh, with 13 to the Pacers 6. Uh, the Bucks also had a 24-point advantage in the points in the paint battle with 58-34. Uh, to 34. And going back to uh, having a significant advantage in the steals category, uh, Going along with that, the Bucks uh, had uh, 24 fast break points to the Pacers, six. All of those make sense for your reigning NBA champion Bucks and what we come to expect from them. However, I do believe they narrowly lost the uh, rebounding game. Uh, Come to think of it, maybe I shouldn't uh, say that so confidently. I know it was close, however, and especially against a a big team like the Pacers, which largely forced us to start uh, Thanasis over Pat here uh, without uh, Brooke or Bobby. Yeah, an accomplishment on its own just to stay in the rebounding battle. All right, speaking of Bobby Portis, Bobby did finally make his uh, season debut, at least in the regular season. I don't remember the preseason quite as much, uh, but the Bucks lost in a nail biter after a really late Bucks run versus the Timberwolves. They lost by five, one hundred eight to one thirteen. And yeah, I mean, it was pretty disappointing uh, from the Bucks throughout a lot of this game, but. I thought it was really fun. The Wolves team in general is is a fun young squad, especially with uh, the emergence of Anthony Edwards and hopefully a comeback year from uh, Carnathini Towns too after uh, what a nightmare year he had uh, before. But yeah, largely the Bucks just weren't making their shots in this game and the Wolves were hitting on all cylinders, so... Cliche, but in a make or miss league, uh, you know, when there's just, just such a disparity in shot making, it's hard to win. Typically, if the other team scores more points than you, you usually lose. Anyway, the Buck starters, uh, somewhat similar uh, but different from the night before were George Hill, Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo facing off against the 
uh, Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Jalen McDaniels. Is it Jalen or Jaden? I think it's actually Jaden McDaniels, the brother uh, who's on the Timberwolves. I could be wrong, but off by a letter there, if anything. And naturally, Carl Anthony Towns uh, starting at center. It's interesting. I know last year they actually had D'Angelo Russell uh, coming off the bench behind uh, Ricky Rubio and leading that uh, second unit. Uh, interesting now that uh, looks like Malik Beasley is their big uh, off the ben- uh, driver off the bench. And the Timberwolves are really leaning into uh, their athletic forwards uh, next to Carl Anthony Towns to fill in some of the gaps on, on the defensive end of the court. Uh Bobby's uh, first bucket uh, of the season came as he attacked a closeout uh, and sunk his first basket over Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, But as I mentioned, uh, McDaniels and Vanderbilt were making it tough on uh, on our guys uh, all throughout throughout this contest. Uh, Marcus Johnson pointed out that there was a tweak in the substitution pattern uh, per usual. Uh, Giannis comes out at around the six-minute mark, as opposed to Chris Middleton, who came out uh, first in this game. And I didn't really see why that was. I don't remember uh, Chris being in any particular foul trouble. Uh, but it is interesting. I appreciate being able to have the Bucks, pro- uh, Bucks broadcast on so I can uh, hear some notes like that. After the first quarter, though, the Bucks were... Already down by 10, 34 to 44. Uh, Giannis with 9 points and 4 rebounds to D'Angelo Russell's 13 points and 3 assists. Uh, Yeah, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards were uh, a big part of why the Timberwolves shot such a high percentage throughout this one. They seem to be... uh, Converting on uh, any and all shots on all three levels. Uh, I heard on, it was on the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, I believe, that Anthony Edwards is actually shooting uh, a slightly worse selection of shots this year. He's just He's just converting on them more. Um, well, let me try that again. Uh, Anthony Edwards is really, he's hitting a lot more of his difficult jumpers, uh, and he's actually hitting less of his shots at the rim, which is, uh, pretty interesting. I know that was, uh, kind of the downside to Anthony Edwards that people were considering last year, because, he took a, a lot of really bad shots at Georgia, but you know it's it is a valuable skill to be able to hit uh, difficult jumpers when your team needs them. So uh, I know Hollinger and Duncan were thinking that this could be a sign of uh, good things to come. 
And yeah, after D'Angelo and Edwards going off early in the second quarter, Bud called a timeout uh, just before the Bucks went on their 15-1 and run midway through the second quarter. Uh, and then fin- Finch had to do the same and uh, slow our guys down with a timeout uh, sequence just before uh, the half included uh, a Carl Anthony Towns three and then Giannis missing a three and trying to match Towns uh, before Towns later turned the ball over and then Giannis was able to spin and slam it right on Carl Anthony Towns' head. Um, so, unfortunately, after that, um, that, uh, that run midway through the second quarter. The Bucks only only made up uh, two points of ground uh, by halftime, with the Bucks still down by eight, 58 to 66. At halftime, Giannis had 20 points, eight rebounds, and three assists to Carl Anthony Towns' six points, or not six points, 16 points, and two rebounds. Uh, if you're watching this one, you definitely noticed. Uh, how the Timberwolves seem to be coming up with uh, every single loose ball and uh, offensive rebound. Uh, I didn't, you know, in, in real time, I didn't necessarily think that the Bucks were uh, being lazy or giving up any, uh, giving up any opportunities that should have been theirs. I think uh, the Wolves were just able to play pretty big, especially compared to the Bucks. In this one, uh, with obviously putting a lot of Vanderbilt and McDaniels, who can each play the four uh, next to Cat. The Wolves also have uh, Nas Reed coming off the bench, who uh, people think he has a lot of potential. Um, but still he hasn't really been given an opportunity to excel and fulfill the, the potential that that people see from him as a as a pretty solid uh, big man uh, shooter especially for a guy who's who's as big as he is he definitely shows uh, some flashes too uh, slamming it home in the trees from time to time as I've seen in some of his highlights but Yeah, the Bucks really not doing a great job uh, getting extra opportunities, so that always makes it uh, tough to come back uh, out of a deficit. And of course, the Timberwolves on a 14 to six run with midway through the through the third quarter before McDaniel's would be assessed for his uh, fourth foul late in the third. That uh, of course uh, helped the. Help the Bucks' chances. I know uh, McDaniel's has been brought up a lot in, in a lot of the the Ben Simmons trade rumors because, well, one he's on a he's on a rookie deal, so he's really affordable. But he has uh, he has a really high potential. He's already in an above average defender at his position, which is pertinent next to Carl Anthony Towns, and I think it would be kind of natural for him to be thrown in a deal for uh for Simmons because then uh that way the 
Sixers could talk themselves into not losing out as much on the defensive end when giving up a guy like Giannis, or not Giannis, uh, obviously, uh, if the Sixers were to give up a guy like Simmons, uh, of course they're offloading uh, someone who was second in Defensive Player of the Year last year. So getting someone like uh, McDaniels could help them win the press conference and say they were to send him along with D'Angelo Russell, who's making $30 million, it wouldn't hurt, uh, wouldn't hurt their cap sheet as much either. And uh, just before the fourth quarter, I had in my notes that Giannis went um, behind the back and trying to go coast to coast, but then he got stripped by Malik Beasley, unfortunately, and narrowly missed a block on Carl Anthony Towns. Unfortunately, would have been quite a sight to see, and those two guys have uh, somewhat of a natural rivalry. I remember... uh, after Towns won Rookie of the Year. Uh, when I was in college, there was a lot of discussion on our NBA as to whether or not you want to start a franchise with Giannis or Towns, and there was a real subset of people arguing for Carl Anthony Towns at the time. So two big men, similar ages. Uh, but, of course, uh, Giannis has been able to uh, jump out of that tier, and Carnathy uh, Towns has experienced a, a lot of obstacles since then as well. Uh, some of which he could not have. Uh, he were some of some of Carnathy uh, Towns' issues uh, were outside of his control as well. Um, but it's neither here nor there. As going into the fourth quarter, the Bucks were down by. Uh, 15, uh, 15 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 79 to 94. However, uh, Giannis already had 29 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists to Carlton Towns. Uh, 25 points, three rebounds, and four assists. Uh, after a really slow start from Semi Ojale, I believe he missed at least his first. Uh, three or four shots when he came in in the second quarter, and it was um, it's kind of at the same time when Edwards and Russell were going off early in the second quarter, and uh, yeah, Ojale was not able to offset that at all with his poor three-point shooting. He came in uh, firing on yeah, not being hesitant to shoot the shot, but he was not able to convert as he was e- eager to get his first Bucks basket. Um, but here in the fourth quarter, uh, Semi Ojale was able to to strip the ball and then dive for a save to get at least uh, one of the few uh, extra possessions uh, for the Bucks in this game. We also would get another Giannis three and Chris sinking a tough mid-ranger and Pat uh, driving to the cup as well and and uh, 
getting some contact on the way in there. Uh, but uh, the Bucks fans at Fiserv were not happy with the officials as Pat did not get the call. Uh, however, Pat did uh, get his redemption shortly after by stripping the ball away from Carl uh, Anthony Towns before uh, Chris would unfortunately turn it over in transition. Uh, pretty uncharacteristic of our guy Chris, who's, who's uh, more slow and steady. We get a huge Anthony Edwards dunk showing off his showing off his flashiness and his potential uh, before George Hill would uh, finish over, over the trees playing playing bigger than his size per usual. Um, one of the plays that I'll look back on uh, just before the Bucks went on there. Uh, late tended to run was Giannis failing to recognize the shot clock and um, then obviously that turning into uh, an unforced error and a costly turnover. Uh, Giannis would uh, would be helped though um, in the fans' eyes by by being able to dri- drive and kick to Grayson Allen for a three and Giannis would also get a pretty um, a wide open slam uh, after he caught the ball in the middle um, by the free throw line. Looked around for for the extra pass, then realized that uh, the defense had been anticipating anticipating the pass there from the free throw line, and uh, it'd be a turn into a good look for Giannis. Uh, Carl Anthony or. Pardon me, not Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Uh, I saw a bit of what John Hollinger had been alluding to on the podcast that I later listened to um, with Anthony Edwards. Uh, not shooting uh, quite as well as he did last year in the restricted area as he missed uh, He missed a contested uh, layup, which would have meant a lot for the Wolves uh, up to that point as the Bucks were still uh, having everything going their way for them late in the fourth uh, with a George Hill three and then a D'Angelo Russell turnover before uh, Chris got a lucky tip in. And Anthony Edwards would then miss another layup before a clutch Chris Middleton three, but Edwards would get uh, would get an and one before uh, Giannis would go coast to coast. As late as it finally got to here, uh, Edwards would would be sent to the line on an intentional foul and then convert uh, two free throws to ice it. And Minnesota would take home the win, 108 to 113. So, like I said, really disappointing for the Bucks not to pull this one out against. Uh, I mean, obviously, all credit to the Wolves and no disrespect by any means. I know a lot of analysts think that they're poised to to make a leap, especially if they were to be involved in a Ben Simmons trade. But uh, as reigning NBA champions, uh, we expect to beat teams like this who, uh, who uh, yeah, haven't 
haven't sniffed the playoffs in uh, several years up to this point. But at the end of the day, Bucks didn't hit their shots, and they also didn't um, do a good job at securing rebounds and getting extra opportunities, unlike the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, and there goes my coaster. Hey, Tucky, how we doing over there? Oh, he's good. He's just napping over there. What a little doll. What a doll. All right. <laughs> I wish I could have a... I could uh, have a little bit more of a positive tone here. Maybe that's why my boy Tucker is just lounging over there and a little bit disengaged. But the uh, Milwaukee Bucks would lose to another... Uh, non-playoff team, that's right, non-playoff team, uh, San Antonio Spurs, uh, missing it in consecutive years for, I think, the first time in franchise history. As crazy as that sounds, uh, I'm pretty confident in, in that fact. Um, at least we all know it's been decades since that's happened for the Spurs where they uh, haven't been projected to be in the playoffs for a season or two. But... They were able to beat the Bucks on uh, the day before Halloween. I was, well, I will say I was lucky enough to miss this game as uh, as I was able to join a few uh, friends for Halloween party at my boy Kev's place. Uh, they did a tremendous job throwing a party. We got some karaoke going, sang some sang some Steely Dan with my uh, boy Freddy, and then did a little solo, Alicia Keys. You know how it goes. <laughs> As one does on Halloween. And I definitely saw this costume a few times, so I'm hoping I didn't just participate in the most uh, dude costume of the year, but me and my boy Freddy, the... The two singers, the duet, also dressed as Peaky Blinders. I was told before I watched the show that I look a lot like uh, the uh, oldest brother and second-in-command of the Peaky Blinders, uh, Arthur Shelby, if you want to uh, imagine somewhat of what I look like uh, for the listeners out there. I, I have somewhat of a similar haircut, not nearly as exaggerated. Um, and I actually have hair on the sides of my head, un unlike those uh, 1910, 1920s gangsters or whatever. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty fitting because I already looked like the Mamma Jamma, but also uh, I just watched the show recently. I watched all five seasons in eight days. That is not, an ex that is not a lie, but to be fair... There are six episodes per season. So I watched 30 episodes in eight days, which does not sound nearly as insane, but it's still a little crazy because there are hour-long episodes. Just to give you guys a good idea of what I do in my spare time and also giving myself some credit, I do spend a lot of time planning these shows too when I'm, when I'm watching shows, so 
my attention can be divided, but it's pretty tough because that is seriously a good show, as you've probably been told. Um, maybe I'll get into some more show recommendations, but I think I'll get uh, back into back into the action here. Um, as we just played the Spurs the Saturday before. We were able to take that home, um, but yeah, the Spurs were able to get revenge on us, still not at full strength, and with um, similar starters, more so to uh, those that we had against the Pacers in our sole win of the week with uh, Thanasis and Giannis starting together in the front court. Uh, and then in the backcourt and on the wing, we had George Hill, Grayson Allen, and Chris Middleton. They faced off against the Spurs, uh, DeJounte Murray, who was fantastic in this game. Uh, and Derek White, his backcourt mate. Lonnie Walker, a guy who, uh, yeah, he did actually make my last article um, in terms of guys who who could have could have a, an interesting free agency ahead, Lonnie Walker, uh, and uh, the Spurs did not uh, agree to an extension before the deadline for players drafted in 2018, along with Dante Divincenzo. I also touched on him there, and I mean I mentioned Grayson Allen too, but he was more fortunate to get. Uh, to get a deal done with the Bucks, and Bucks were really fortunate too, because it's a pretty team-friendly deal, in my opinion. Uh, and then in the front court, the Spurs uh, had Keldon Johnson, really impressive uh, young man, uh, playing next to Jakob Pertl. Early on, uh, Giannis was able to uh, hammer it home after uh, Grayson uh, Grayson uh, drove past a closeout and then uh, kicked it out to Giannis, uh, cutting through the middle of the lane. Uh, and then uh, Lonnie Walker would sink a three in Pat Connaughton's face as the Spurs would would lead the Bucks. Uh, Going into the second quarter, uh, 24 to 27, Chris Middleton leading the Bucks with just six points going into the second, and then Derek White led all scorers with 14 points. Uh, we saw more of of Rodney Hood uh, being a tremendous force sp- floor spacer next to uh, Giannis Santacumpo. You know, I know that I know that Bucks fans had some pretty low expectations for Hood uh, coming in coming into the year, giving his injury history. But um, obviously, he can he can still fill it up uh, from beyond the arc, and and uh, you're also not like totally afraid of him putting the ball on the floor either. Uh, might leave a little more to be desired uh, on the defensive end, but. As a guy on a veteran minimum contract, it's uh can be hard to disappoint. 
Um, what uh, what's probably the most disappointing, unfortunately, is that <laughs> is that Hood actually uh, did leave this game. Um, I don't believe it's it was anything particularly serious. Um, yeah, of course, I'm looking up right now because I was foolish enough to not write down, at least right here, what uh, what made Hood uh, leave the game, but... Oh, you know what? It's probably not in my notes because it is on... It is in the next game that I will cover, however, not in this show. Um, as you may notice, I'm recording this a day later than I normally would, uh, given the uh, crazy holiday weekend and also having to apply to um, apply for a promotion with my day job. I just uh, didn't have enough time in the day and uh, let's just say I uh, lacked a bit of energy yesterday to... Uh, fully plan, record, and then uh, produce this show. But, uh, yeah, by the time this comes out, the Bucks will have already played another game that I have notes on, and uh, I will cover that when I record, uh, presumably this Friday. Uh, so I th thought I'd disperse uh, the game coverage a little more uh, evenly, but... Spoiler there. Uh, for this uh, upcoming week, uh, we will not uh, have Hood in the lineup, unfortunately. Anyhow, uh, Chris Middleton was able to nail a three in DeJounte Murray's face uh, before he was able to toss it up to uh, George Hill for a huge jam in transition. That one really... Um, jumped out to me in the highlights uh it was just a perfect pass to george hill who um nearly full sprint uh was able to to catch the ball right on target from uh chris middleton and i know hill was really happy to uh show out against his uh against his uh former team uh san antonio spurs maybe would have been happier to do that uh in San Antonio last week, but either way, not something we typically see from Hill. I don't think I talked about it in uh, last week's episode, but Hill did uh, show off his his Texas ranch uh, to the team. I know that he's famous for having a lot of exotic animals um, on his ranch. Uh, I don't know which ones are out there. Uh, exactly, but there might be some African uh, animals from my uh, recollection, so just about as exotic as it gets. And uh, he also has, has quite a collection of some vintage cars, too, which I was not uh, expecting uh, quite as much. I know Devin Booker is famous for that, but Naturally, uh, Devin gets a little more coverage than than uh, George Hill. Uh, but after that, uh, after that, uh, George Hill alley oop, uh, Giannis also got in 
uh, on the fun and spiked the ball uh, through the hoop and right on Keldon Johnson's head. Uh, Keldon Johnson, another interesting young guy for the Spurs. Uh, not not quite a blue chipper like I had uh, spoken about regarding the Spurs earlier in the show, but uh, he got the obligatory young Spur who uh, was on Team USA this past year, and I believe he came into he came into the league more so uh, as a wing, uh, but but given his size and and uh, tenacity, what have you, uh, Johnson's able to play the four, which gives a uh, gives the Spurs a uh, another element on offense, and yeah. Just just allows them to be a lot more dynamic without uh, with a true star missing, uh, especially now that they don't have a uh, DeRozan who's balling out for the Bulls. At uh, halftime, the Bucks uh, were only down by two points at that point, forty-five to forty-seven. Uh, Giannis was leading the way for the Bucks with eleven points. Eight rebounds and two assists, and Derek White was still leading um, everybody with uh, 15 points and two rebounds. Uh, Hill was able to find Grayson Allen for a corner three, and Pat Connaughton would get uh, an an offensive rebound that would uh, lead to a Jordan Awara floater. And we would get another corner three, uh, this time from Rodney Hood from uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo making the extra pass. Uh, Thad Young uh, was able to uh, convert in close range twice in a row for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, not only scoring twice in a row, but both times from... Uh, an assist from Keita Bates' job. Um, another another dynamic uh, young guy uh, forward, similar to uh, Keldon Johnson uh, and Thaddeus Young. Uh, as a you know, guys guys with uh, not a ton of size, but um, plenty of athleticism and strength to make up for it. And yeah, I just thought the chemistry between uh, Bates Jop and Thad were was uh, a little surprising there. I know um, I heard on a show uh, this week that uh, some guys were laughing at the fact that uh, that Pop was uh, already so infatuated with Bates Jop and they had him playing uh, thirty over thirty minutes in a game, and that's uh, definitely not expected. Is Spurs, even if they don't have any All Stars, they are uh, they are pretty deep, especially with uh, young, young, athletic, skilled talent. Um, one play here that was probably quite satisfying for Bucks fans, uh, of course, again losing to a team that they expected to beat and had beat recently was uh, Pat Connaughton actually actually uh, 
getting a block on a on an opponent's three-point attempt for once, and not only that, but it was against uh, Bryn Forbes, unfortunately. Forbes was re- able to recover uh, the block and drain a mid-range jumper, uh, but the Bucks and Spurs would uh, play each other even throughout the third quarter, and Bucks were still down just by two points uh, going into the fourth, 67-69. to 69. Uh, Chris uh, must have had a huge quarter there because he, uh, after three quarters, Chris was leading all scorers with 16 points, two rebounds, and three assists. Um, Early in the fourth quarter, uh, Bryn Forbes would have 16 uh, points himself after hitting a a three-point attempt, and... uh, And yeah, just getting revenge for, of course, not being being utilized as much as he would have liked uh, in the playoffs. But you know, hopefully it was. Uh, hopefully there was a lot more positivity overall from Forbes, because with this game being in Fiserv Forum, I I would imagine that Forbes uh, was able to get his championship ring. Uh, Saturday night before going off to his own Halloween party. Um, Giannis would be able to score uh, past Jakob Pertl on two two possessions in a row, once in a pick and roll with Pat Connaughton. Um, Pertl, uh, young big man, I believe out of Austria, he's uh, pretty widely regarded as one of the better uh, big man rim protectors in the league. I, I can tell just by watching him that he's really good at not foul, fouling and staying vertical uh, to contest shots still. Uh, but still, it's uh, no contest for Giannis. Uh, being a rim protection, Keldon Johnson would have an emphatic block on Grayson Allen. Uh, out of nowhere, another another eye-popping moment similar to that uh, that George Hill lob from the second quarter. With uh, three minutes left in the game, um, there was only a two-point Spurs advantage, but then Murray would, that's DeJounte Murray, would really uh, blow up and hit some impressive clutch shots, including draining a three in Giannis's face. Uh, then later on, Pat would get another uh Huge offensive rebound, and then he would find another three-point shooter and Grayson with the step-back three. Uh, but yeah, after Dejounte hit that hit that clutch three, and then a couple other uh, mid-range jumpers, it was it was uh, a little too late. Uh, even though Giannis did put Pirtle on a poster again with less than a minute left, the Bucks lost ninety-three to one hundred two. And now the season series between the Bucks and the Spurs is tied. I don't know if we'll get any other opportunities against them uh, throughout the rest of the year, given that they're in the West. But, uh, you know, just one of 82 at the end of the day. Giannis ended with 28 points, 13 rebounds, and 3 assists, and DeJounte Murray would close the game with 23 points, 5 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, a couple stats that jump out in this 
uh, Bucks loss include uh, the Bucks having more than double the Spurs turnovers, uh, losing losing the battle uh, 19 to nine. Uh, so that's naturally a recipe for disaster. And the Bucks were also outscored uh, 24 to 36 in bench points. Uh, we know that For- Forbes had at least uh, 16 of those uh, 36 uh, early in the fourth, so he might have had even more there. Um, and like I said, the Spurs are a pretty deep squad, although I forget if I mentioned, but Doug McDermott was huge. I believe he was the leading scorer when we played the Spurs a week prior, and it doesn't sound like the Spurs were able to have McDermott for this contest. So, yeah, uh, kind of a bummer to lose to a team you expect to beat every time you play, and especially when they don't have a don't have the guy who led them in scoring the last time you played them. But uh, it's just one of eighty-two. That's the saying for this uh, episode, I suppose. All right. And a lot of news came out today, actually, recording on November 1st uh, on a Monday. However, as I had mentioned, uh, we're only going to have two contests to go go over, I believe, uh, when I record this coming Friday, um, recording late for this week and then early for next week because I am going to California to visit the homie Dan. Uh, Miss the son of a gun. Haven't seen him since January, but I'm really excited to uh, naturally return the favor and actually uh, get my butt out to California for the first time. Uh, Out uh, just outside of Lake Tahoe. Um, But... As usual, I plan my vacations uh, to be just about exactly uh, exactly a week, as always. So I'll be able to record a little before uh, this coming Friday, and then uh, probably the Sunday after I'll record next uh, show. I know, uh, although I have off for the week, I know uh, my buddy old friend old pal Dan does not have off um, although he works quite early, but till he gets off uh, around 3.30 those days, I'll be, you know, maybe nursing something or another, but also uh, catching up and planning out this show, doing some writing, uh, maybe doing some researching, some reading, some light reading, having a nice coffee and some pastries. Man, I'm pretty jazzed for it, but we will get to the jazz game uh, next week. Without further ado, the biggest news off of the court uh, for this episode includes the PJ Tucker interview with uh, JJ Redick, uh, former Milwaukee Buck himself. But uh, this is really an awesome interview. Naturally, I'm biased, but. This was one of the few J.J. Redick uh, podcasts that I listened to in its entirety. Uh, 
for obvious reasons, but I even found myself getting a little emotional in this show. Um, you know, maybe that had to do with some of the Halloween festivities. I know that that can sometimes uh, come come around along with some Sunday scaries, but I don't know. I felt like I was in I was in pretty good shape, despite what uh, despite the jokes I've been making throughout this show. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. Anyways. I was really sucked into this interview, and I didn't even take notes for it, but uh, interestingly, PJ talked a lot, <laughs> like, he probably talked about the Bucks at least five to ten times as much as he's talked about the Heat, um, for whom he's only played a handful of games for, and he just won a championship with us, but uh, the most viral clip was of... Uh, P.J. Tucker talking about uh, Milwaukee uh, along with his championship celebrations. And he says to J.J., he says, he says, man, have you have you ever been to Milwaukee in the summertime? Milwaukee is delightful. And the most funny part about that is just uh, a guy like P.J. Tucker and, and his uh, baritone pitch saying delightful, but uh, we know he's uh, sure not wrong, and he talked about in the parade his level of drunkness. Uh, he's he made it sound like he was fairly coherent throughout the par- throughout the parade and the championship festivities. I think kind of as Bucks fans might suspect, he he said he realized he was he was inebriated. Uh, when he was going up for that speech, uh, talking about how we're dogs and what have you, but uh, he also said that the champagne spraying in his face was was totally unplanned, and he also talked about just just uh, going out and celebrating at the bars like like your average Joe in Milwaukee. And uh, how he doesn't think he slept for uh, around four days straight after that championship and the celebration. I know I'd heard I had heard from people that that JJ would, or why did I say JJ PJ uh, would frequent certain bars in the Milwaukee area that could easily be walking distance for me. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember uh, exactly which bars were mentioned, but. Shoot, just the idea of uh, going to grab a whiskey, Irish, and uh, PJ being right there, minding his own business, is pretty wild. Um, oh yeah, another interesting point PJ had was, uh, I think he, he mentioned that he made a point to kind of go a little crazy during the parade because... Uh, because guys on our team are obviously a little more uh, soft-spoken at times. He mentioned uh, Drew, Chris, and Giannis uh, not being the type to go quite as crazy. Uh, 
Shoot, Giannis probably did not have an alcoholic beverage before he got to America, and Drew and Chris knew that they were heading to uh, Tokyo to play in the Olympics in less than 48 hours. So, Shout out to PJ for uh, doing it for the Bucks culture there. Uh, PJ also talked about um, the perhaps underrated difficulty of being on the floor for 40 minutes and only taking one shot but still finding a way to to affect the game and uh yeah just how hard it is to be be as unselfish as a uh, pj is but also uh providing uh so much value without with the ball in his hands uh he spoke about uh Candidly, the the Bucks uh, game plan to uh, play Kevin play Kevin Durant straight up and uh, just not let the rest of the guys beat them in the in the uh, second round against the Nets. Uh, thinking that Kevin Durant's shot, uh, uh, his last shot, I believe, was uh, was gonna go in for for the Bucks to lose in the second round, but uh, luckily PJ was able to tire him out. Uh, Throughout Game Seven, of course. Uh, bless you, Tucker. <laughs> of course, uh, PJ Tucker. This time, not uh, Tucker Clifford Miller Zanskis, uh, the Auburn poodle who just sneezed and scampered up the stairs. There, uh, yeah. PJ Tucker was also pretty candid about. Uh, how draining the second round was, of course, for him, but everyone else, too. Like, I think of, uh, I mean, I think of all of our guys uh, once they were finally able to play 40 minutes, but uh, without having a guy like Dante, having the ball handling abilities, or, yeah, ball handling responsibilities uh, extended uh, pretty thin throughout uh you know, throughout the rest of our uh, starting five there. And yeah, PJ Tucker was just uh, amazed when he realized he had uh, he had eight more wins to go yet after uh, that seven-game seven series with the Nets. Um, a few other funny points, like, uh, like uh, J.J. Redick, of course, this is his podcast that PJ was on. JJ Reddick had um, like a forty-point outing against PJ's uh, Texas team, not being guarded by PJ. But PJ Tucker had uh, said some junk to uh, JJ Reddick in college when JJ had his forty-point night, and uh, I think uh, JJ just had a really short uh, comeback at, at him along the lines of. Uh, you know, hey, look at the scoreboard or something like that. But anyways, uh, I think that's plenty on the interview that's uh, readily readily available on YouTube for anyone listening. It's quite, quite easy to find uh, PJ Tucker on the JJ Reddick podcast. So I'll let you uh, listen to that for yourself. And by order, auto peaky fucking blinders.
I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Knuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.